The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. CTN CIO Talk Network is brought to you by Redmain and BlackBerry. Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello and welcome to CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter. And look for this show as hashtag AI and hashtag machine learning. And the topic for today is uh, from intelligence to relevance, and we have Melvin Kirk, who is the Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer with uh, Rider Systems. And so, uh, Melvin, when the new year starts, and as it has already started, how's, how's business and life for you? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for, for having me on. Um, you know, the, the new year for us, we are a, uh, a support or a service organization that... Uh, that takes our lead from you know many of the customers and the brands that you guys know, um, you know across uh, across the nation. And um, what we're seeing is we're seeing uh, yeah kind of what what others are seeing in the broad uh, in the broad economy. Some some sectors are up and some are down. Um, and um, you know overall we're seeing our, our lease business continue to grow and we're seeing and softness in some of the other areas like oil and gas. So. Um, it's kind of a mixed bag, um, but um, but we're we're very optimistic for the year overall. Beautiful. Now, for some reason, uh, and then this is just uh, a way of looking at it. That as if human intelligence wasn't enough, which brought us this far, this year looks like, and at least going forward, we are heavily banking on artificial intelligence and machine learning, and at least looking at that as to you know, create value for us, making things faster, making things autonomous. All of that, you know, is happening. And we are seeing a lot of companies investing heavily. There's a whole huge uh, following of, of this uh, area, this innovation. So we wanted to challenge in a healthy way to say, okay, just because you have artificial intelligence, that was actually available even earlier, but now we are putting more focus and more dollars behind it. Is that something which is bringing that much promise where we leave everything else behind? Are we ready to go full throttle? What, what, what are you seeing in this area and what's your view of this whole AI and machine learning? Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned uh, one element of that, which is the autonomous vehicles, right? And um, if you, my, my answer really is kind of based in what you've seen with the progression towards autonomy for vehicles. And uh, if you think about it, if you buy a car today, um, you know whether it's a 2016 or 2017 uh, vehicle, it really doesn't matter the brand. You're going to have uh, some elements of the of the of the feature set that enables autonomy. Right, so you're going to have anti-locking brakes. You're going to have lane assist 
um, sensors. You're going to have um, brake assist uh, sensors, lasers, and other things across your vehicle, right? And if you go backwards now, you go back, you know, 10, 15, even five years, you didn't have the portfolio of safety features, engineered safety features that are integrated into the vehicles of today. So if you look at the, uh, the journey to the autonomous vehicles, it's been a stepwise approach to getting to full autonomy. And now Tesla has a vehicle that, you know, will, will drive you autonomously um, uh, if, you, if, you, if you have a Model S. And so I see the same thing for this whole journey on AI and machine learning in general, and that there are practical steps that you will see implemented, right, where we'll, we'll, we'll be an extension of more intelligently using data that comes from your natural operation and finding ways to uh, leverage that data in a higher analysis to, to, um, to make decisions for uh, the management team or for the operating teams. So see, I, when I think we you'll see, see a stepwise uh-huh. progression towards it, and I, I, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, relevant and panacea, um, and uh, it's, it's going to be a measured practical approach that I think ultimately wins out, similar to the journey to the autonomous vehicle. There has to be a trigger for an industry or the community to follow a certain path. What do you think is the trigger? What's the gap that we somehow felt was there all along, and now suddenly we, we thought about AI and machine learning and say, let this fill the void? You know, I, I think um, the all all industries have been progressing towards trying to find ways to be more efficient. I, I, yeah, if you remember, I have an operating back, background more so than a than a technology background, and in every role I've had through my career journey, it's been about trying to find ways to improve um, outcomes, to improve outputs for companies. And with that, you know, you, you always try things like Lean Six Sigma and, and workouts and other operational improvement uh, types of methodologies to try to do that. And then you integrate in technologies across the way. So I think this journey to try to get um, more efficient, more effective, smarter in terms of how you run your operation has always been there. I think um, there's been a confluence of things, right? the 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 um, the uh, you know, smaller and more intelligent um, uh, stores of data, um, the smaller and more powerful CPUs to drive the analysis of the data. It's to me, it's all come down to how efficiently and effectively we can move um, nodes of data and then intelligently evaluate them. I think that that's been the thing that's accelerated for all of us the opportunity to study or to move towards these things in, in terms of machine learning and AI. The desire has always been there. Um, it's, uh, it's the advancement of technology that's gotten us here uh, at this point and making it a more practical thing to go after. So here, when we are looking at the, the speed or the autonomy or the automation that it, mm-hmm. it promises, you know, this AI promises, do you think there is a line that we got to draw because it could start hurting us or it could potentially, in some cases, not exactly cause harm, but either it could have a lot of diminishing returns or, or yeah, it could possibly be counterproductive because we, um, uh, we are trying to, to, to 
um, start using something which is machine driven versus human intellect or a human neural network driven, which is what we have done all along. And it's not never served us uh, in, an, in, an, in a negative manner. But when you leave mm-hmm. things to machines, things can go wrong. And, and before you catch them, they could cause much bigger harm. So I'm just being a healthy skeptic and answering, asking this question. What's your thought? Uh, there is a boundary. Um, there, there is, uh, and we, we don't know what it is yet, right? I, I, if I take examples of what we do, um, we have uh, drivers, uh, customers that have drivers that, that carry fleet across the country. Um, those drivers, uh, from time to time, run into an issue with their vehicle and they want to take it into um, one of our repair centers and get work done. Um, we're moving fast to the point where we will be able to discern the health of his or her vehicle before they arrive. But that still doesn't take away uh, the, um, the, the, the emergent energy that that driver will have showing up at our site wanting to get service. And so similar to, we, we, we tend to look at our service similar to how someone would approach a hospital. Um, if, if, you, if, you, if you've got a son or daughter in a critical situation, um, health situation, and you're taking them to an emergency room, you're probably not going to want to show up and just start pressing buttons to get service. You're going to want to engage in someone that can empathize with your circumstance and situation. So I do think that is going, there's, there's a boundary at which um, your customers will still want to have the human interface um, to ask for something that's a little slightly off menu um, and to, to want some modulation or some moderation of your normal service to accomplish what they need. Very similar to us going into McDonald's, we could very easily go in and push the buttons ourselves, uh, but for some reason we still want to see uh, someone there greeting us and, and engaging us just in case we don't want you know, the, 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 uh, the value pack with one apple pie. We want the one with uh, an extra apple pie on the side. So the way you are um, expecting this AI and machine learning to work is it allows you to have the flexibility of that human exchange. We are still remaining humans. And somewhere on the operational side, it supports uh, some efficiency so that your experience is enhanced. So you are not trying to introduce uh, the, this AI and machine learning so that you, you allow the humans to take a breather, but instead say, you know what, I'll, I'll use wherever I can get the speed. But the effectiveness is not what we are hoping to be achieved through this AI and machine learning. Am I correct in this assumption? I- I, I, I think so. I think I think if you think about it in relation to Siri and and Alexa and others, um, you know those those tools are there to provide an assist uh, to you to kind of short circuit some of the uh, short cycle some of the things that you could very well do yourself, um, but they can do it a bit more efficiently and effectively. Uh, they learn your patterns and other things, and they can you know uh, um, anticipate some of your needs. Um, and that's that's what you're going to ultimately see, I think, in uh, the industrial environments, and in that you're 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 still going down this path of efficiency and effectiveness from a from a from an operating operational standpoint. But when you're face to customer as your customer touch point, you're still going to want to kind of own that relationship with the customer and not have it be a a uh, a uh, 
a uh, experience of buttons, if you will. It's probably the best example I could give you. Now, do you think we are somewhere, knowingly or unknowingly, moving from uh, a computer-assisted human exchange to human-assisted computer-based exchange as we are increasing in, in uh, size of or the number of interactions that we are supposed to have with, an ex- with, with a human being. Is, is that where we are flipping? You know, I, that's, a, that's a very good question. Um, what, whether we get to, you know, there, there, there certainly are processes, right, that would lend itself to the flip where it's, it's computer um, principally operated, you know, the process is principally driven by a, by a computer or a um, uh, automated process, and then assisted by by the by the human. I think I think there are processes that you get to with that. Um, I don't know that you get all the way there uh, on all processes. Again, I, I'm kind of leaning towards the customer facing ones I think you still have to have the the, the human the, that human touch that human factor in the lead um, but it's a, that's a good that's a very good question um, what we're endeavoring to do um, in this journey is to take the data that we have and understand patterns that are not necessarily recognizable to the eye and improve the operation right make our technicians much more efficient at uh, at uh, uh, they're the maintenance of the vehicles, predicting issues um, and discerning failures in, in vehicles or predicting failures, uh, potential failures in vehicles. Um, and so there's a lot to be gained by having the, the, the computer, uh, that, that, that artificial intelligence playing behind that person. Um, but I don't know that you get all the way to the point that the computer takes to lead. Been interesting point. I think that you're going to have organizations that will go that that way, and we'll see what the tipping point will be uh, of of uh, where the where you strike that imbalance and have to kind of revert back to to a different uh, to a different uh, relationship. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back and talk about our own people. In the sense, when we are going this route, where we are trying to be relevant, you know, that's the end goal, and we want to keep the customer in the center. So yes, all our activities will be on it, and that's why we might be using AI or machine learning. But frankly, since we are saying human-assisted computer interaction or computer-assisted human interaction, we cannot simply focus only on the technology. We also have to include the people who are going to work. So are we supposed to change the people? Are we supposed to retrain or retool people, or we have to change their mindset or the culture? What all needs to happen on the people side for the AI and machine learning to truly deliver the results that we expect. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? 
If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome, uh, welcome back. And uh, so, Mel, when we look at this whole pursuit with customers in the center, but we have the people on our side as well who need to be uh, in the right mindset, should have the right environment in which they work, they should have the right skills or competencies, which will allow them to pair up with this AI and machine learning to deliver that end result. Are we putting too much effort in perfecting this AI, et cetera, and, and not really understanding that what that new person or a new new human being, the same person, but uh, with a renewed set of skills and competency that we will require? So have we defined that new human in this ecosystem who is going to deliver to the customer? You know, I, I think the focus has been so much on the technology that the... the um, uh, role of of the human and the the um, evolution of of the role of the the, the human has been downplayed or, or even missed in some of the debates. Right? Um, I, I I grew up uh, from a professionally. I, I spent time early in my career in both uh, pharmaceutical production and um, consumer foods, so uh, making uh, cereal and some other things. And those are heavily process-oriented, uh, process-control, process-oriented um, uh, uh, production uh, or manufacturing environments, right? There's big vats of, of, of ingredients that are mixed and stirred by large machines given, you know, governed by control systems, not people. And so we've actually been down this path before uh, from, a, from an industrial standpoint in terms of moving from a heavily uh, manual uh, a set of, of activities through a highly automated process controlled environment and whether it's in automotive, whether it's in uh, food and pharmaceuticals. So we've seen this movie before. I think you always still end up with a balance of you're going to do certain functions, right? Repeatable functions through automation, but you're still going to have you know, a set of of, um, of technicians, engineers, uh, supply people, so forth and so forth, uh, involved. But they do. You do have to plan for their evolution with the technology because the roles change. 
So here, when we are uh, looking at the people, now those people could be within the organization which we have, the environment that we control, and it could yeah. be also across our value chain, our partners, whosoever, because yeah. you are not truly anymore just working as one isolated organization to serve the customer. Right. So this is like almost like boiling the ocean, right? I mean, you want, you want, of course, machine is still can be provided by a third-party vendor. But when you talk about people, they are in different cultures, different environments, but you want all of them to kind of re, um, you know, rethink that whole people side across all value chain. Is that truly even possible or, or how are you going to chip away at this? Issue. It's certainly possible because it's been done, right? It, it's it's been it's been done in in various industries. I I just think that with the um, uh, the amount of work that's being done across various industries um, to to elevate the role of the computer, the to elevate the role of of analytics based um, applications where where they're making the intelligent choices and so forth. The amount of that that we're going to see across multiple industries is kind of where the where the rub is because you've had individual industries go there. I mentioned the example of of McDonald's and and how that changed in front of us, and not just McDonald's but fast food, and how that's presented to us today in a much more efficient way, um, still with the human interaction at the end. But if you you think about um, going to get a hamburger, you know, ten fifteen years ago and what you experience today, it is very different. So. Um, getting there will, 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 I don't think it's just the fact of moving to more automated processes and more intelligent processes, that's the issue. I think it's more that you're going to see a proliferate across many more industries all at the same time, which puts a different type of pressure on our broader economy, right, in terms of how do you retool a broader swath of, of employees across a country, across a state, um, to be able to manage in this new environment and still provide for their families and their communities and so forth and so on. That's, that's a bigger, broader challenge because it's, 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 uh, everybody's looking at this. Every industry is looking at ways to become uh, smarter, efficient, and, and, and leaner. Um, whether the principal objective is productivity or safety, everybody's looking at it. The technology is there for everybody to look at it. What do we want eventually from this? I mean, of course, we are saying, okay, this is an investment. We will put it in. We'll experiment on some sandboxing and we'll see what value it creates. And then we kind of incrementally figure it out. But have we, have we said, we are going to go and, and if I invest this, this is the measures of success. And if I achieve this level, that's, my, that's where my, my ROI is kind of justified. Have we defined that? No, I, I would say I would say broadly um, not. And, and the 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 reasons uh, I would I would answer that way is is if you take an industry or if you take a company um, that is a stalwart in a in a in a let's, let's just take companies like a, a writer in in the transportation space, um, you know, Coca Cola and in in in, uh, in in beverage and so forth. Um, you're going to have the incumbents, if you will, playing uh, this, you know, going down this journey one way with a set of objectives and a set of, um, with, with an established ROI, ROI based on how they've traditionally looked at 
garnering returns and providing value to their shareholders. So let's focus on the shareholder for a second. But then you're going to have upstarts, right? You're going to have technologically, uh, you know, businesses that have come uh, to birth principally on technology. And we've seen whether it's with, you know, Facebook and others, um, the the uh, upfront requirements for return on investment is is very different for a te- you know a technological upstart with perceived promise. That's different from what the stalwarts are having to do in terms of justifying going down this path for their for their board of directors or their shareholders and so forth. So I think um, you know there's not a singular view of how you validate that 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 your investments have been successful and the journey is the right one to take. Um, the ultimate reality for all of us is the technology's there, it's viable, and somebody's going to go down that path, and uh, you should be positioned to compete, uh, not just today, but tomorrow, or else you're going to see yourself obsoleted. So in the in the journey of remaining relevant, would you think AI and machine learning, these type of uh, things are better suited to drive efficiency and that would in turn allow you the, the additional buffer to do about, go about doing other things which will allow the relevance so it's not a direct impact but an indirect impact? Or are we expecting just because these are introduced, it will directly give us a chance to get some insights and that will drive innovation. I, I think it's. I think it's going to play out in two ways. I think you're going to see the. If I go back to the step, the example I just gave about having technological upstarts and having um, the the you know incumbent companies that are you know have been stalwarts in their industries and so forth. I think you're going to see the incumbents use the technology for the for the first right, which is the operational improvements, trying to find better ways to deliver um, uh, a, a valued solution for their customers. So, in the case of Rider, we would use the technologies as a way of 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 providing our technicians. In the case of our our, our fleet management business, um, uh, better intelligence and tools to be able to to more efficiently. Uh, discern, discern the health of a vehicle uh, even before our driver brings it brings it into our shops. Right, we can we can anticipate for them uh, very similar to what happens with with uh, airplanes when they're in the air. Those those airline service companies can anticipate what's going on with that with that engine. So you'll see companies like us, the stalwarts, that will will play that operational side because we have established products. We have established uh, customer relationships and contracts and things along those lines. And what we're trying to do is to help our customers uh, improve their ongoing operations. And so we'll, we'll play the operational side probably more so than the, uh, the uh, innovation side. And you'll see you know, the new technology startups come in from a commercial standpoint and try to create new solutions um, um, it, as their principal objective. And then I think ultimately what the industry ends up with is you end up with um, a combination of the technology focused towards operational improvement and a portion of the technology uh, leverage to uh, to drive uh, expansion of service, new new products and solutions. And make no mistake about it, the, the, the stalwarts will get to the point or will move and move in the direction of creating new products and solutions um, with the technology because ultimately they have more data. We have more data about 
the condition of our of the vehicles that are out there and the the needs of our customers than any stalwart could have. And so ultimately, although we may start from an operational view, we are going to play offense as well and try to drive innovation. I just think the the principle um, of how you start will be different depending on how you're how you're entering the market or exist in the market. So in the whole process of, um, you know, creating the intelligence from different sources like this to towards an end goal of relevance, should we go back and become a, a type of company which for, say, for example, power generation, they had a generator in the backyard, or mm-hmm. should we consider the very availability of this AI and machine learning related analytics to be utilized, be, be provided by somebody else and we more be a recipient of it. What's the mindset we should prevail and should we convert this into utility so it doesn't really bog us down with the details of implementing it, changing people, policy, culture, budget, etc. Just make it like any other utility or just embrace this as a part of our organizational DNA. But please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. So, so we'll talk more here. Okay. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management and Document Sharing Solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Mel, what do we do with respect to doing uh, or adopting this AI and machine learning, is it not better, especially when it is so unprecedented and nobody's done it? We cannot really say we got the people, the leadership, the intellect to a level where we can be assured, reasonably assured of the success. Then might as well offer somebody else a chance, which could be a third-party provider or some people who want to live this life going forward, the opportunity to go do the sandboxing 
And once we know what will work well for us, yes, we'll spend the money, but at least we'll not disrupt our core DNA in, 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 uh, in the pursuit of something which nobody knows how it's going to play out. Wouldn't that be a better strategy? You know, again, it, it, uh, so, so if, I, if I make the assessment purely on the, on the basis of, of uh, let's just stay with the analogies I was making. Like you got a stalwart, you know, a, 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 a company that's well-placed in its industry, like a writer, a General Electric, uh, you know, uh, Coca-Cola and so forth. I, I think you, you look at this um, with a different set of fiduciary eyes, right? And, and so for, for companies like us, um, you have to respect the fact that the technology is real um, and that it, it, uh, it, it will evolve to relevance in your industry. And so for, for me as a CIO and for uh, one of my uh, peers, that's the chief technology officer for, for, for our products and, and uh, as it relates to our products, um, we've got to watch this. We've got to watch this. We've got to understand who's out there and uh, whether it's in our industry or adjacent industries that are building these uh, capabilities for, uh, that will have application in our industry. And we've got to figure out where we've, we would like to partner, where we'd like to lead, and where we'd like to watch and follow. Um, and uh, and that's, that's really the case for us in, in terms of how we're going to play this out in, in, in terms of there, there's real practical value in this journey towards AI and machine learning that could help us with a couple of different types of concerns that we have both as a company and, a, as, and, and also broader in the industry. And so um, we're, we're going to be active participants from the standpoint of we're going to have our voice involved in the direction of the technology, um, but we're going to let a lot of other folks do the, the, the core prototyping and developing and so forth. We'll lend ourselves to... You know, as a um, we've got a large network of shops, a large large portfolio of, of vehicles that you can apply the technology to as it matures. So it's probably the way we'll play it out. Um, for other the, for the companies that are the stalwarts, they've got a they've got to go whole hog on on uh, chasing the technology to see whether or not they can create um, uh, value um, by developing the technology. At the end of the day, um, we still have the relationship with our customers. We still have the portfolio of vehicles. We still have the shops to execute the work uh, that needs to be done on the vehicles and so forth. And so um, we're, we're, we're going to play to our size. We're going to play to our brand. We're going to play to our heritage of, of being a strong uh, maintenance and service provider for the industry. And we're going to um, let uh, some of that some of that speculative development happen uh, under our watch. Why, if you if I if I would say, would you say that you have or, or or many such companies like the ones you mentioned, including your own? Do you have such a unique perspective or or use cases that only you have to do what you have to do internally, or or, or do you think there are certain patterns that may may, may be emerging, which could you know, lend itself to building an industry almost, which is serving many of the companies like yourself where there are certain patterns around AI and machine learning can be developed by them and you just tap into it. Yeah, I think there is, uh, there are some general patterns that, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, a, a, you could just apply that you could, you could discern, 
by looking at different types of companies or different companies and and whether it's our space or others, there's patterns that you'll see. I think what happens with um, to ultimately have what I would consider incremental value to the to the market and to the industry and to our customers, you would have to get. Um, more intricate learnings from the, and, and the only way that you get that is by, um, you know, having access to, in, in our case, a network like ours where we, to give an example, we, 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 we don't run just one type of vehicle. We have vehicles from multiple OEMs. We have different types of transmission providers and so forth and so on. So, what you get from the writer portfolio in terms of intelligence is a is a, a real market basket of the types of vehicles that are on the road, and you won't get that in in really any other uh, scenario, right? If you go to a specific OEM, you're going to get you're going to be able to learn about how their particular vehicles and configurations work and what patterns you see in the performance of those vehicles or the routes that they run and so forth. But to get the real market basket, the real cross-section, you need a company like a writer that has uh, a much, a very diverse portfolio of accounts, product, you know, uh, products as in vehicles, and the routes that they run. So, you know, ultimately, to add that incremental value, you've got to have something more than vanilla. Um, and you don't get past vanilla unless you have, uh, you know, a partnership or you're working with someone that has a broader portfolio of, of products and, and customer accounts. And I think that's the case when you look at some of the other companies that I mentioned, the, the incumbent stalwarts in those industries, and that if you're in multiple uh, multiple um, verticals, product uh, customer verticals, You've got a much. You've got. There's more intelligence embedded in what you do every day than what you could just artificially create with uh, a set of uh, independently developed algorithms, if you will. So, so in a way, would you say that we are better off going as a community or on our own for for this to develop to the point where there everyone benefits? You know, because it's so new. Yeah, I think for a greater good, it would be the community case. Um, you know, unfortunately, you can't coordinate it that way. But the 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 broader benefit for the whole is the community scenario, right? Where you've got you've got that that broader uh, kind of mix of experiences that that inform that um, that uh, AI or, or that uh, that uh, automated machine. Now, talk about risks. Yeah, the risks are very obvious ones where suppose you've got so much of AI going on and um, data is floating and somebody can tap into it and create a havoc. That's, mm-hmm. that's one. What are some of the not-so-obvious risks which, if ignored, then can cause us our sh- lose our shirt in the process? What, what do you think what we may be missing out? Besides the fact that it's data, it's that type of risk, are there other risks that are involved in embracing something like AI and machine learning? There's, a, there's, a, there's always a kind of a gross overestimation over, uh, of customer acceptance. And so... I think you have to study it. Um, you know what, what, how much of that experience the customer is willing to allow you to to automate. 
um, and for the sake of of, of uh, productivity or efficiency and safety. And um, I, you know, I think it it does take a bit of trial and error. I you know, I keep going back to this uh, this um, fast food analogy because we all have seen the evolution of even the cash registers and the and the in the fast foods change over time uh, so that it, it was intended to get to shorten the queue, right? And shorten the experience uh, at peak times for, for, for them to be able to, 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 to affect your, your own personal experience. And so, um, you know, if you turn those registers around and say, okay, which I think a customer, uh, I'm sorry, a, a couple of uh, uh, companies did try where they've, they turned the fast food. They, they turned the cash register around and said, "You know what you want to order. Just press the buttons, and we'll deliver it. We'll we'll, we'll bring it out to you." And uh, you can go today. You you can see that that's not that's not the case in any fast food uh, uh, experience. I think across the U.S. at least. Um, so the overestimation that the that the that the customer wants to essentially drive their service themselves through some, uh, you know, automated buttons, you, you got to be careful. Um, you know, factoring, overestimating the role of the human factor or the minimizing, overly minimizing the role of the human, of human factors is, uh, I think, one of those risks that you get lost in the technology and you lose sight of that. And... Um, for as long as I've been doing this, right, I'm an industrial engineer by education, and 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 the things that I I learned, uh, you know, as a as a, a sophomore, junior in, in industrial engineering, is that our objective, and as an and as an IE, is to optimize that relationship of of people, process, and technology for the best outcome for the company. And I have not, in my, I don't even know how many years of experience, I have never come to an, a, a scenario where you could take one of the three out of the mix and have an optimal experience. So I, I think the overestimation of taking the person out, uh, taking the technology to the point where you take the person out is, uh, is a big risk. So we spoke about different risks, and of course, uh, someone has to handle them. But do you think a CEO should really care? Do they think AI and machine learning as a tactic, like any other technology paradigm somebody would use and they would take a CIO or a, a chief risk officer or whosoever say, go deal with it? What's their ask? Does the ask change because of introduction of something this new? Let me, let me uh, uh, yeah, so let me very directly answer the question around should the, should the CIO care. I think the CIO, I'm sorry, the CEO and the board of directors should care a lot because you're talking about a change in the customer experience in most cases. Even though you may be focusing on operational improvement, you're ultimately talking about affecting the customer experience and, um, and, um, and overestimation of how your customers will respond to that, to the to the changes, uh, your it changes again for the sake of safety, efficiency, productivity, all of those things. A miss on that could change the health of your company in a heartbeat. And um, uh, so the the CEO, you know, they should not de design uh, the 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 failure mode analysis. They should not design the the product marketing or anything. But they should be intimately aware 
of this because it's a big change from a cultural standpoint for your customer and your company. And then also, um, it, it has the potential to be uh, a very large investment, whether the, whether the investment is purely around the technology, which is what we you know, tend to focus on. To me, that investment, that cost to the company is, is in the technology. It's in the, it's in the change management within the company and affecting the change that you want with your customers. So there's a large investment to make it happen. And um, they should be uh, they should be very attentive uh, to this choice to go to AI and machine learning in most uh, in most scenarios. So if they are standing and looking at it, and we'll just take a quick break uh, after asking this question. Maybe we we'll discuss when we come back. Is is should the CEO while they should be very attentive, can they do anything to steer? Because they themselves they should be not a situation where one blind is leading another. So, so who comes to rescue and what should be their parameters which they should look at or review or consider as part of giving the blessing? I mean, how much and what? Is that something they should drive or um, just bless only as much as it doesn't disrupt? So where do they draw the line? Let's talk about more, more about this when we come back. So please stay tuned. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjoe Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Mel, you mentioned that CEOs should really pay attention, but should they be like helpless audience who just watches what they said and whatever plays out plays out or they have to 
um, learn the, not exactly the technology, but what it truly is and really try to influence it. What do you think a position of board of directors and CEO should be in this something which is so new and knowing that their leaders, whosoever they have inside or anyone who's outside, it's relatively new for all of them. How Absolutely. can you, you see what I mean? So that, that, that is a risk by itself. So how closely do they watch or do they roll up their sleeves and, and jump in? What do you think would serve the organization in the best possible manner? I'll tell you what, the role of, of uh, the CEO and, uh, and the board and, and just good leaders in, in, an, in an environment where you've got um, uh, you know, new technology that, 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 that has the ability to disrupt, I think the role that we play uh, and they play in particular is, is building the best team and asking questions. It's not necessarily that they have to go become technologists and all of that stuff, right? That's not the that's not the example that you want to set. You want to get the the smart minds on the team, and you want to just ask questions to try to drive, um, you know, your own understanding, but to also help that team or that your company kind of assess all the different angles associated with the technology. Give, give, give me a moment to give you a couple of examples that I think will, will, will lay this out. So I was at General Electric in the turn of the, the, the dot-com bubble, right, the, the 99, 2000 time frame. And uh, Jack Welch was still the CEO at the time, and we've all heard about Jack Welch and the legend and so forth. But one of the things that, that sticks out to me that Welch did uh, with his leadership team as we were gearing up to try to figure out how does GE play in this dot-com revolution, right, that, that was going to change the world. He, um, you know, it certainly made it a, a, a innovative uh, prior, uh, the, kind of priority number one from an innovation standpoint. But he didn't say, I'm going to go learn everything I need to know about that. What he did was he put together a cross-section of people that some were technologists that had been with the company for a hundred years that had been doing, you know, you know, forward thinking stuff like nanotechnology and and hydrogen fuel cells work and stuff that that hadn't come to fruition yet. Right? They were they were out there, but then he went and got some new employees, some folks that were like twenty something because of how they had engaged the technology. Right? They had a different perspective on what that dot-com bubble meant, right? And so he put a cross-section of folks from different villages, different mindsets, different intellects, different perspectives to try to discern how does, how does power systems, our power generation business, leverage or play in this universe with, with the dot-com? How does your healthcare services company do this, da-da-da-da? So it wasn't, I'm going to try to uh, understand everything myself. It was let's field the best, most diverse team to help you ask the right questions and seek the answers. And I think what what played out there was um, we staked out a position relative to how we wanted to play in terms of evolving into that web universe, that dot com universe, without without spending a fortune and upending the natural state of those businesses. And then if you look at this journey to automation, uh, autonomy rather, 
in in our business, in the transportation universe and how it relates to trucking, what we've done here at Ryder is we've put together a team across the function across functional teams with folks from our leadership team, our our, our technology folks, our IT team, our business team, so forth and so on. So we've got people sitting in the room thinking about the progression of the technology and they're asking questions about what does the, the, the legal folks in the room they're asking about how does the regulatory positioning play in this? How does you got other folks asking about how does this progress from an insurance standpoint? How does this progress in terms of the city's um, uh, encouraging investment in, in autonomous vehicles and electric vehicles? So I, I think that's the model, right? I think don't 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 think because you're CEO or on the board that you have to own this thing yourself. It's be attentive. Be engaged, ask really good questions, but more importantly, field a diverse, cross-functional team of folks with very inquisitive mindsets. They'll get you. They'll get you to the right answer. What do you think we have to do? This is the last question from uh, government policies, etc. Because here we are involving the citizens working yeah. in a company whether uh, they're working in the company to deliver the experience or the ones who are being who are we delivering the experience to as a customer yeah i i think um you know if i if i look at uh at the federal level you know i think the government has has uh certainly through the last eight years uh with uh, the obama administration was was putting a lot of emphasis on innovation and technology right and and making bets for the country uh, to accelerate whether it's solar or uh, the the move to autonomy uh, through 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 encouraging or, or driving higher higher um, safety and fuel economy for vehicles both at the um, passenger car level or the consumer level and at the industrial level um, and then you've got municipalities that are developing concepts around smart cities and and rethinking about how to how to replatform and how to reshape their cities so that they can deal with the inflow of citizens right they're anticipating their cities to grow but then minimizing the impact on roads and, and their carbon footprint and all of those things. So that means a paradigm shift, and they're encouraging the technology um, beyond just you know the manufacturing state of AI, machine learning, but autonomous vehicles, electric vehicles, and things along that line to, to deal with real issues that our cities are facing. So I, I think you'll see the government, you know, the, the regulatory agencies kind of continuing down a path of trying to deal with the, the real issues at the state and federal and municipal level, um, encourage technology. Um, but I think one of the missing pieces that, uh, we, you know, you, you kind of got to think the, the federal level they'll start to position is to, to help retooling or retraining employees for this new uh, new economy. On behalf of the show and our listeners, thank you so much, Mel, for uh, sharing your insights on how we can align our pursuits related to AI and machine learning to actually achieve business relevance and help the citizens in the in the you know whole whole process. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
And listeners, please like us on Facebook. Search for CTN, CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and join our LinkedIn community. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CTN. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.